So I was like, Shark Tank is booming right now. This was pre, pre-COVID. So probably like three or four years ago. And Shark Tank was like probably the number one show on an America. And I was like, this is a perfect, Lori Greer, let's go. Like yeah. put us in QVC. Yeah. This is yeah. it. Um, so I, uh, you know, researched how to get on Shark Tank. You basically apply and you fill out these 20 page you know, what are your sales? What, a, how did you start your business? This whole thing. And, uh, I sent it, we had two interviews and then we had a final interview and that was like, all right, you made it to the final stage. It is, uh, the video stage video is basically the video that you see when you're watching them on the show where yeah. it's like, send in you, what you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. How did you get started? Who helped you? Blah, blah, blah. Um, we sent that in with COVID hitting at that moment. It was a, a massive, like, we'll get back to you. We're all out of the office. So we had to wait probably like four or five months for them to tell us that this season was a, uh, we're going a different direction. Dude, we all have the best time ever to start a small business. If I'm not going to be 100% in, I'm not going to do it. Come on, man. Just be yourself. Yeah. And, like, and just show up as yourself. If you don't realize what I'm really about, I'm about freedom, family, and my country. Maddie, Rega, cheers. Cheers, my man. Thanks, thanks for, for having me. Dude, thanks for coming back here. What do you think about the setup? Pretty cool? I love it. It's awesome. It's uh I've been I've been following you on uh on YouTube and stuff, so I'm excited to get back here. It's it's super relaxing. It's like just hanging out with your boys. Just hanging out with your boys in your backyard, fire going, some drinks. It's awesome. Yeah. I, I appreciate the the invite. Total point vibe. It is for sure. Close to the beach, you got the fire going, nice October. Um, the yeah. lights, these are like super popular right now. Costco, dude, I don't know how <laughs> these things haven't fell down yet. I mean, I've had fires over the wire and it's still intact. I don't yeah, know how. I was gonna how. say, it could be a little fire hazard. <laughs> we got a great, you know, fire staff here yeah. in town, so. Yeah, my fiance like loves that. Like, I don't know, they're super popular. I guess they're. Yeah, they're Costco they're lights. That's where you can pick them up. Yeah, they look 50 good. 50 bucks. The whole, the whole ambiance here is perfect. Like Chill, it. thank you, man. Thank you, and we have a lot of fun. Uh, we, we thoroughly enjoy it. I thoroughly enjoy it. For the people who may watch, who haven't watched before, that are your viewers or your friends or your family, this show really was started because I was a young kid that didn't do well, and as I came up through business, it was very hard to get some help. Yeah. And probably mostly on me, right? Chippy kid, didn't really know anything. I, I wanted to go from zero to 100 real quick. Um, you know, piss and vinegar. <laughs> and, and there wasn't a lot of free content back then. And even today, you want to get the coaches, you know, you're going to have to stroke a check. I just yep. hired this guy, Keaton. He's called The Muscle from um, Diesel Brothers on okay. Discovery. Cool. Dude, you want to get in the proximity of these people, you've got to stroke the checks. And I get it because these people are busy. Yeah. But what about the young guy starting out? And um, to pivot over, you're the young guy that has tried a lot of different things. Um, your cousin actually reached out to me, filled out the application for you. Yeah, Mark. Shout out to <laughs> shout Mark. Out to, shout out to Mark. And I give him credit for, for having the balls, if I'm allowed to say that. I don't know his yeah. mom would watch. Uh, yep. there, sorry, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> to, to, to reach out, dude. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah. dude, my cousin is a hard worker. He loves the community. It was genuine. I was like, let's grab coffee with this dude. And after I have coffee, I'm like, he's a good dude. You own the Beach Shack Deli right here in Point Pleasant Beach, yep. right up at the boardwalk. Um, people come down here. You're like a staple. Your mom is very involved in the business. Yeah, Carlene, another legend. Another she legend she does an amazing job. She gives out delicious cookies. I don't know yeah. the profits you're making on the cookies because she's always trying to give them to my kids. Uh, they go so quick. Mrs. Bailey makes the... She's a local She's person. a local Point Pleasant Borough. 
uh, homemade cookies and they they fly all it's like we can't even keep we have people that come in that literally buy like 10 or 12 of them like I try to buy 50 to 70 at a pop yeah. and before I know it they're like where are they I'm like you just got them Friday I was like Saturday afternoon I'm sorry you came That's late crazy you gotta buy in bulk I buy them in bulk they're delicious they're it's basically a giant soft cookie dough ball it's, and it's we only dangerous do, we only do chocolate chip with us but she's got uh, Reese's Pieces she's got Oreo mix she she's, she's super talented yeah she's got a whole super talented we get we get the the secret stuff on the side you know the, the, the Listen, peanut as butter as long as stuff. I know you I'm good I got you dude I got you <laughs> anyone and my son loves them as well as well my wife does too yeah they're she super steals. addicting so you know what I typically do is chronologically walk through people's life and sure. just give a little bit of a backstory and again we don't have to spend a ton of time on you know your elementary years through high school but Point Beach kid, you wrestled here in the beach. Yep. Um, tell us about going to Point Pleasant Beach, what it means to you to still be involved in this community now as a business owner and, and obviously in the future looking to start your own family here. Yeah, so uh, born and raised in Point Pleasant Beach. My, my, uh, my dad was from Cranford, my mom was from Jersey City. So uh, my dad always had a summer house here. My mom moved here when, um, when she was younger. So they met in like, you know, the summer lust yeah. of... Uh, the Jersey Shore. They're hanging out at the Manasquan houses. Yeah, yeah. They, my dad houses. had one by Bradshaw's <laughs> Beach, I'm pretty sure. So they met there young, um, and they started a family, you know, pretty young, and we lived in Point Pleasant, you know, ever since. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I love Point Pleasant Beach. It's yeah. like, when you're younger, you don't appreciate, you know, like, small towns. You don't know what you have. Yeah, small, you know, not enough kids in the school. You think, you know, oh, you know, Bricktown has so many kids, Tom's River has so many kids, but it's like, when you really think back it's like it was so nice being so close to all your classmates your teammates it's like i'm from brick and they they raised who i am today so yeah. i have no dirt to throw on them but it was a it was a difficult school there's a lot of kids yeah. i mean i don't think i knew every kid in my high school that's crazy i don't think here in borough or beach you could say that i mean there's not no, that many kids per graduating class and the extra help you get and i wasn't a great student probably could have helped if i was in a, a town like point pleasant but it's just the community, man. It's yeah. awesome. It's 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 the schools. It's the business owners. Um, you know, politicians aside, I don't know any of them, but everything else is something I, I looked for and I wanted to raise my family in, and I know my wife thinks the same. Tell us a little bit about your wrestling career. You're a pretty competitive guy there. Yeah, yeah. I'm all old and uh, out of shape now, but uh, I wrestled from, from kindergarten through... Uh, first second year of college then i finally what weight class were you at i was a little guy uh high school i guess we could start i was at uh 103 my freshman year 112 my sophomore year 119 my junior and i bounced from 119 to 125 my my uh junior and senior year um it was just a super passionate for me i really loved it right off the bat it was a, uh, it's a lot it's a tough and trying sport um, Who was you know. your coach over there at the time? So I started rec back when I was in kindergarten. It was uh, Mike Sergio, and uh, my dad actually helped out a lot when I was younger. Mm -hmm. And then high school was Dan O'Cone. Yeah. Uh, I owe a lot of my success to Dan O'Cone and Mike. They uh, they paved the way for me. My, Dan was another you know Point Beach uh, mm -hmm. graduate, very successful in wrestling. He's a uh, a principal now in, in Bricktown. Um, you wrestled with a short thing as well, right? I did. I did. Uh, Vinny Santanella was like a, a longtime friend of mine. Uh, Vinny's I an was, animal. Yeah, Vinny is a savage. He yeah. was uh, he was like one of my first coach other than the rec program. Once I started, 
I realized I had a little talent. I guess my dad realized I had a little talent. They put me in a uh, a few programs, and uh, Sure Thing was was my first program. It was. Yeah, he's um, still going strong today, and his sons are both studs. Oh my, they're savages. Yeah. They are, they are just like him. He's a, uh, he's a role model. He's another role model. He's great guy, he's, leader of men. Yep, true leader of men. Funny story. I, I told this once before, but. You know, due to my my not liking of school when I was younger, and I'm no longer embarrassed to say this, but I just like to put it out there for others who may be going through these types of struggles. I was kicked out of Bricktown and put into an alternative program. Memorial or Old Brick? Old Brick. Old Brick, Called okay. Pathways. And uh, Vinny Santanello was, a, at the time, before he went to the sheriff, he was doing short thing, and he was a teacher's assistant. And I spit out the window, and the wind blew it on this kid, and he punched me in the face, and he was a smaller kid, and... <laughs> You know, who knows what would have happened, but Vinny wasn't going to allow me to grab him, and he put me in this judo throw real quick. Oh, and yeah, you don't want Vinny to grab, your, grab a hold of you, that's it. For oh, you. dude, yeah. and I was still a pretty big kid, you know, yeah. and he just threw me like I was a rag doll. No, he, but I great guy. He toys, yeah, he's a, especially what he's done with, like, the program and the kids, he gives back, he puts his, you know, so many personal hours into the program, into kids, so. Dude, um, he's, he's, he's going on Sundays. He's bringing down college coaches. Yeah. And I know there's a ton of different programs, and they all have their different pros and cons. I just know my personal experience with Vinny. He's just a class act and a good guy. I run into him every once in a while at Lowe's. We, we chop it up for 10 minutes. Yeah, he's the man. It's It's been a, wrestling's a very competitive sport. It always has been, and, and now there's just a lot of, a lot of other, you know, groups and other local, you know, communities that are, are, are being involved so it's uh it's it's cool it's 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 a Fun. lot it's a lot of crazy memories of, yeah. of wrestling what well, ties you into this town and all the parents that were there and you know to fast forward you obviously went to hostra wrestled there graduated what degree did you graduate with uh marketing degree marketing so i went to uh i graduated point beach in 06 um and then i went to del Valle was my first school it was a community college it was in pennsylvania it just wasn't for me. Why'd you go there in PA? Were you like looking for the mountains? Were you looking? No, I went there. The coach was like, uh, "Oh, wrestling." Yeah, wrestling. I wrestling. went there for wrestling. They gave me a nice academic scholarship. Um, you know, it just farm on campus just wasn't my style. I was, yeah. uh, you know, I love the city. You're at the farm today, bro. I am at the farm today. Yeah, but uh, I picked these for, mums for just school. For you. I didn't want to go to the farm. <laughs> I wanted, you know, a, I guess a little bigger school. Um, yeah. I went well, there. Fun. Yeah, so it, it was a good year, but... Uh, How'd you like Hofstra? I loved Hofstra. I loved my fiancé, my now fiancé, my girlfriend at the time was in the city at a fashion school, so it was uh, it was nice and close. And then um, being close to the city, What's I ended up... What's your fiancé's name? Let's get real Chelsea Klankoff. What's up, baby? I love there you. There you go, there you go. Uh, but I ended up working at a, uh, a marketing and licensing agency as an intern in the city, so it kind of worked out. And I, I learned a lot from them. It was the Droster Lawyer Group in uh, Union Square. So I guess that kind of... Where was your favorite happy hour? Happy hour. Honestly, the Dizzy Lizard in, in, at Hofstra. It was just close by. <laughs> I'm talking about in the city. Oh, in the city? Uh, I'm more, more of a club guy. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't go too many, too many bars. No happy but hours. No, not being happy hours, yeah. no. Honestly, it was my schedule. I made it uh, Monday, Tuesday, all day intern. So, like, from 8 to 5, went home to the LIR home. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was class. So, just yeah. honestly, just bunkered down on books and... Did you know what you wanted to do with a marketing career, leaving college? No, no. It's funny, like, the way the whole Beach Act came about. It was, I went to school for marketing. I lifeguarded every summer, so I would come home. You let the Beach Act out. We didn't even get there yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, I was just tying it in, but uh, 
yeah, I, I lifeguarded every summer, so I would go to, you know, lifeguard at Point Beach at Jenkinson's, and then I would go to, to go to college, and I, I, I didn't know, I knew marketing, honestly, it was like an easier, easier path, yeah. like graduating, I knew I didn't want to. wanted a degree. Yeah, I just wanted a degree. Accounting wasn't for me, yeah. you know, I didn't want to be, a, I didn't want to be a teacher, I didn't want to coach wrestling or anything, so I figured, you know, marketing seems cool, and I had that internship that kind of helped me. You know, they dealed with uh, Coca-Cola, Discovery Channel. So I was like, you know, maybe this is the right path. Um, so so I, you leave I, college. I leave college, You yeah. come home, and I'm trying to remember our conversation with coffee. We, we were all over the map. Yeah, we, yeah. We hit it off. You, you, know, you came home, and your dad was like, hey, I, I bought you a breakfast shop. Yeah, so. More or less, right? Pr- pretty much. It was, it was, it was yeah. It was, uh, as lifeguarding all those years, there was, it was called Joe's Subshed. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got my breakfast sandwich every every day. I worked, you know, five, six days a week, so I would go to work. At lunch break, we'd go grab pork roll, egg, and cheeses from the subshed up the, up the street. And my dad, I think Joe passed away. The family still wanted to keep the business as a, a deli or something. And my dad was close with the family, and they're like, you know, would you like to take over? And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll take it, and I'll give it to my sons. Yeah. So school graduating. Like, I wow, come, Dad, you just threw me right into this one. Yeah, he comes home, and I'm like, all right, another year of lifeguarding. He's like, well, I got the deli for you and your brother. I'm like, deli? Deli. Why well, you got me a deli? He's like, the old subshed, you know. I, I thought it would be perfect for you and, and Nick. Nick, my Nick's my younger brother. He's he's younger than me, four years younger than me. But uh, he's like, you know, mainly it's it's for you. And I was like, Dad, I didn't I didn't take the trash out. Like, they want me to run a, a deli? I don't. Yeah, Dad, I don't know what yeah, I don't I'm know. Doing. I don't know cooking. I don't know you know, a, a yeah, very know aggressive young teenager. Like, I don't I don't know what you want me to do yeah, with this. Why did you think this was a good idea? Dad? Yeah, exactly. He's he knew like, exactly why it was a good idea. I'm hoping he saw something in me back then that I didn't see. No, he absolutely did. So and uh, not only because it's your own father, but, you know, to just say, I'm going to buy a business for my son yeah. and just throw it to him with zero experience, he, he had some faith in there. Yeah, he did, and I owe a lot to my father. He does... He does a lot for me. He always has. I'm Your sure mom and dad will. are involved helping you out over there. It's huge. Yeah, yeah. My mom is uh, a staple to the beach shack at this point. She, uh, she's been a huge, huge part of the the business and the growth over the years. So yeah, I came home. She's and awesome. She's she's out there like the old school Italian mom or. You know, she's whatever you mi- guys are. She's in the mix. She's out there. Hey, where you going? How's the family? Yeah, we're Irish and Italian. My dad's more Irish. My mom. I'm Irish and Italian. My dad's well. more Italian. My mom's more Irish. Uh, but yeah, they gave me the business. The first year was very, very rocky. We find old pictures, and it's like these little griddles that you buy at uh, like yeah, Walmart. What were we doing? Yeah, um, I still look back, and I'm like, how did, how did this go to to this? We're gonna um, get there. We're gonna get there. We so it was. We hired all like close family friends, a lot of like you know local people, local families that we've known. Their 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 kids. Um, I was younger that age, so it was a lot of like my friends helping out too. So uh, you were getting involved in the business. You were you were literally cutting your teeth with a, with a business. Now I want to talk a little bit about what I've observed about you. Sure. You're you're a risk taker. You you want to try different things and you want to go and and be that entrepreneur who takes risks and tries to take something that they put down on paper and and take it to something that is your end goal, your vision that you had earlier. Um, and a lot of people shy away from that. Yeah. You know, they want to do the regular job, and I don't hate that at all. You know, if you're a teacher or you're working in corporate, you know, entrepreneurship is not for everybody. But the risk taker in you, right, um, still when you have a 
pretty good business that's, you know, pretty sustainable. Yeah. Right? You die down in the winter a little bit. Yep, yep. Um, but you guys are booming over there. You're still trying to better yourself. But I want to bring us back. I don't want to sure. get too far ahead. The beat shack is open. Your first five years, you start to grow this out. And to paint a picture for everybody who's listening and you've never been to the beat shack, yeah. you walk in. What is your square footage right there where the cooler oh, is, the one little high top, and, and, and where you order? Uh, it, it's not much. It, we, 500 it, square it, feet, maybe? Yeah, maybe. We call it the beat shack because it's a shack. Yeah. It is this little... It's cool as shit. Yeah, it's like when it was called Joe's Shed, it was like a shed. You, you yeah. go in, and the way we... I've changed the location a few times to make it a little more efficient for us, but uh, you walk in, you know, self-make, you know, make your own coffee on the right, and then you come up and order in the kitchen and the, and the grills and stuff are in the back. Yeah, but you don't have much room back there no. where the grills are. You guys are running no, an tight. efficient line. Talk about that a little bit for the business owner. I know the Jersey Mike's guys talked a lot about that, Matt did, of... of how much someone moving two inches to the right made a big deal with the efficiency. You know, I said this literally to you while we were hanging out at my bar. I was like, dude, I could call you up with three custom orders, and you guys are usually spot on within 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, it's... And you're pumping out a lot of sandwiches when I get there. It's it's crazy. If you think about it, we go through, on a busy Saturday, we go through about 20 dozen bagels and probably about another 12 dozen rolls. Wow. So that's a lot of sandwiches. Yeah, that is. And that's why, like, efficiency is key. And, you know, even, like you said, Mike Subs, like, part of that I've learned through Mike Subs. You know, Bubba Coos was another part of my, you You know. You worked at Bubba Coos as well? No, I didn't work there, but, like, their their layout, their system. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, you have to have an efficient line. It's, we had Paul on right before you two days I, ago. I saw. I watched his episode. He's awesome. Yeah. He's, he's done a great great job with Bubba Coos. That's yeah. awesome. Um, but, yeah, just having an efficient line. You have to have, you know, like you said, the the, the inches, it really matters. And especially, yeah, especially in a in tight spot. spot. Yeah. So the way it works out is you, you come up, you order, mostly through me if I'm there on the weekends, hand the ticket. Ticket goes back to the, to the girls who are the preppers. They get the bagels for you. Well, bagels for the... Yeah, for the sandwich. For the sandwiches, yeah. They give it to the kitchen staff, and the kitchen gets the ticket. They bang out your sandwiches, give it back to the girls for topping and cutting, and it goes right back up to the, Dude, the let's, register. Dude, let's, let's talk about your sandwiches for a minute. All right, let's go. Let's so go. I'm naturally a, a big guy. I mean, I'm shredded. I mean, you guys can tell me. I'm pretty yeah, shredded. Yeah, I'm jacked up. Let's yeah, go. I'm shredded, baby. But, you know, I'm, I'm a big guy. I like my pork, leg, and cheeses, man. I've been, I've been getting them for a long time. It's funny. When I was in that Pathways, it was on the 88 Circle. And there was this old school Italian dude. He would throw down meat. He was throwing like four slices of thick pork roll. And my fat ass was over there all the time grabbing them. Needless to say, I like pork leg and cheese. Yeah. DV Tree's got a great little sandwich. Uh, yeah, shout Joe's out to, awesome. Shout yeah. out to Joe and Malin. They got a great sandwich. And he's got a cool little operation there as well. Yeah, very awesome. I think on the weekend, he's pumping out probably the same, if, if not maybe a little bit more sandwiches too. But you, you put together some love in that sandwich. It's built with love. It Honestly, really is, dude. Tell us about that and why and how you get that out of those those people it, working for you. I'll quote Jamie from Eat Clean, bro. It's the layers. It's like people don't, some, some places just throw in their pork roll, their cheese, their egg. I think the layers that we have, the, the setup that we have, is it just like impacts you the best. Jamie with, gave you that love. Did he say layers right on his story? He did story? say layers, yeah. yeah. he did. Jamie's the best. He, He's a good uh, dude. Yeah, I think just the way, you know, you have to give enough 
enough pork roll. You have to give enough eggs. You have to give enough cheese. And then, like, the thickness of pork roll. You can't have it too thick. Can't have it too yeah. thin. It's got to be it's right. It's got to be just right. And I think we do an awesome job there. Yeah, and some so, people throw the hash brown on there. You guys put that's that on That's our special. Nice, so, yeah. The special is probably one of the most. That and the shack attack. The shack attack is a heart attack. It is pork roll, bacon, sausage, egg, cheese, hash brown. Yeah, I it can't is do that. everything in one sandwich. I, yeah, and you guys even throw it on a wrap for me. I don't know if I feel like I'm being skinny or something, not getting a bagel. A lot but. of people go wrap thinking it, it helps save it on the carbs. <laughs> it, I feel like I just digest it. A bagel, I eat it and it's like, poof, and it's like right there yeah, on right my to, stomach right for stomach, two days. Yeah. The bagel, I don't even know how, honestly, the shack, I would rather it on a roll or like a wrap. It's too, I don't know how people do it. It's, it's too, like it's too much. Yeah. yeah. The wrap, the wrap is. You guys do a great job for me, and you put some egg whites on there, and you yeah. customize it for me. I just want to say, if you have not been to the shack for a breakfast sandwich, what is the date you open? May fifteenth. Uh, it, it varies every every season, but once the weather, I would say at least by mid May we're open. Yeah, mid May. Mid May. If you October. haven't been there, you need to get over there. It is a delicious sandwich. Yeah, come on by. We'll take care of you guys. Yeah, and you know, you're talking about how many sandwiches you're cranking out, man. That's, that's a great little business you got going on there and you could build upon it. You've probably learned a ton. So that takes me to my next point. You start to say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a full-time job uh, at the Hess Company, Yep. right? Been Shout out seven to, years. To, to Hess and the Hess Company. Talk a little bit about what you learned there. And, and we talked a little bit about earlier about Larry. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I used to, I used to run my deli and then I would go live in California for the uh, the winter. So I would, you know, every October I would close up shop, pack my bags, and go to LA. It started with visiting a friend out there, and I went out there, and I called my mom and dad the day I was supposed to get picked up from the airport. And I was like, uh, don't go to the airport. My dad's like, why, what, what do you mean? I was like, not coming home. They're like, ha all right, we'll see you at seven. And I was like, no, I'm not coming home. I'm giving me a shot out here. This was like my first time out there. And uh, they're like, what do you, like, no, we get, get on the plane and come home. You're visiting for 10 days. And I go, no, I'm figuring it out. I figured it out. I ended up. Uh, Again, that's a risk taker in you. Yeah, I ended up sleeping on my friend's couch for a while, but I ended up you know, meeting some people I knew, meeting the right people. And I started working at a few nightclubs. And I was just like, I was your, your bottle service guy, I'd bring you your mixers, bring you out, you know, napkins, yeah. straws, whatever. Um, I don't know if you know anything about LA, but it's a very popular, it's like a city, you know, big city, like, mm-hmm. you know, New York and stuff. So it's very popular in nightlife. So you make pretty Only thing good, I know is that they're still wearing masks there. They, yeah. I'm, I'm happy this transition <laughs> was You like, were there earlier. I was there earlier. Ago. Yeah. It wasn't as bad, but uh, I ended up working at a few popular nightclubs, you know, being able to, you know, make a living for myself on the winter time without having to come home. So I did that. I ended up moving to Hollywood with a few guys. It was basically a frat house. It was a big house in the Hollywood Hills and, uh, did that and then came home. And, uh, what'd you learn from the, the, the bottle club service at, at the club? Oh man, it was humbling. It was humbling. It was, uh, Going out there, you think you're the man, you know, you got a, you got a business back home, you know, you're, you're popular in your small community, but out there you're, you're this nobody. big, you're yeah. this big, you're nobody. Especially so, when someone's ordering a $2,000 bottle of something. Yeah. And they, you know, they treat you like. You're the go-getter. You're, yeah, yeah. Just, what do you mean? You didn't get me my orange juice? You yeah, know, where's my uh, big cube? So it was, it was tough, but obviously, you know, you gotta you gotta suck it up. You gotta do what you gotta do. I ended up growing in the business, and uh, I ended up becoming a host, which is uh, 
if you're a frequent LA person, you contact me and you'll come to my club and I'll take care of you. So I ended up it's growing like the a business. Chick at Butcher Block. I don't know her, but I know everybody hits her up. For yeah, some yeah, tables. exactly. Yeah, I got you a table. Come through me, and I make a percentage off of your table. Mm-hmm. So uh, that experience was cool. But um, yeah, so I, I came home. No, I was out out in LA and Sandy hit. So I couldn't get in touch. 2012. With my, yeah, couldn't get in touch with my family. Freaking. I'm probably seeing footage that even people here haven't seen because I'm watching the news in LA of like the cameras and and the helicopter view of like my my home underwater. It was when I saw the Manaloking connection. Cut in half, yeah. I was like, what is going on? So I try to get a flight home. By the time I talked to my parents, I was literally on the way to the airport, and they're like, we're fine. The shack is pretty much gone. You know, it's underwater. I'm like, who cares about the shack? You know. Everyone's good, family's good, yeah. So I come home, we clean up the shack, and while I'm there, we got no help from FEMA. We got, uh, you know, everything I had saved had to go back into, if I wanted to open that summer, whatever I had was going back into that store. So there was no going back to L.A. It was bunkered down back home with mom and dad and, and get the shack open. So jumping back in, we took a little break. You got a, got a high noon. You got a little bit more Casamigos. Yes, sir. Shout out to Casamigos. If you guys hear this, your marketing team, your social give media the guy team. Some, give the guys some bottles. You give me some bottles and maybe a little bit of coin. We can have <laughs> Casamigos out here every day. And back old, the old days, I'll maybe you know bring out some mixers for you. There you go. He'll come over. He'll <laughs> light the bottle. You have, where, light where the, the candles and some flares for you guys. Let's go. <laughs> get the club going back here. So the AD's jumping in. Shoot. So... Sandy happens, and you know, Sandy was was tragic. Crazy. Right? I lived right here, yeah. right at the uh, condominiums, right in Point Pleasant Beach, right across from the Ark. Um, we got water there at the time. I was dating a girl who lived up in um, Clark Colonial area, and they actually came in with weapons, the the, the reserves. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, they weren't pointing them at us, but they were pretty assertive, like, dude, get get the hell out of yeah, here. Yeah, especially like, in like Bayhead area. Yeah, yep. this is coming right for us. So I was like, shit, I better go up there. Um, long story short, we don't have to go through that whole thing. It was tragic. Yeah. Everybody knows who lives here. It was a terrible time. But for some people to have such disasters, for others, it's the thing that was necessary to put them back on track. So talking about you thinking you're going to be a club owner or doing whatever you were doing out yeah, there. Who, who knows what the L.A. LA life was leaving, <laughs> leading to you me. You could do it. You got the nice Nikes on. You could do it. I like to think I got a little bit of style, a little bit of flair. I think L.A. would have been a good home um, back then. But uh, you yeah, come back for your family. Okay, I came back, back for, for your family. business. Yeah, I came back, and once I realized, you know, I wasn't going back. It wasn't time for me to go back and leave, leave the shack the way it was. Leave the family. Leave. How much water did you guys get? Uh, over four feet. It was it was up to like the windows. Mm-hmm. Everything was in there. That was ru- everything was ruined. It and is was, that the current spot you're in that happened yes. to? Shack. Yeah. Yeah. Shack has never moved or anything. Same yeah. spot. Um, yeah, we went there, and I had a so lot of friends. Cut out all the sheetrock, all the everything. How did the equipment yeah. do? Everything had to be. Excuse me. Equipment had to go too. Everything. Everything was gone. Uh, a lot of good friends came and helped out, and we emptied the whole place out, scrubbed it, um, and we got open for summer. I'll but give a little it, shout out to a couple of the friends yeah. that helped. We had uh, we had Dan O'Cone, we had Brian Grainer, Justin Browski, John Ciceri. We uh, I have a, I do have a very good loyal group of friends. Mm-hmm. Um, no matter who I call, they'll be with, they'll be for me for yeah, in a second. That's awesome. um, I'm I'm very grateful. That's community again, though. Yeah, you don't get that in, in all areas uh, of the country. Yeah, I'm very grateful for the the community and and group of guys I have. Now, how was that when you reopened? Was the community just like right there for you? Because the yeah. people who don't know or don't didn't focus on it, it happened. And you know what was it? Uh, 
September or October when it happened? No, November. It was November, it was November, yeah, because Mitt Romney was running. I remember 2012 things were right, spray right, painted. Yeah, right, right around there. On, on people's windows, like Romney 2012. Yeah, yeah. But um, the summer, obviously, is, is, is coming up hot, right? You, you yeah. want to get open for the summer. You yeah. just laid out all your savings. You're a young guy. How old at the time? Um, I was probably 24, 25-ish. 24 years old. And I was back to zero. Back to I'm, zero? Back to zero. I'm going to talk about that. Back to zero. Yeah. Talking about going back to zero, one of the best things that people can do when you're trying to advance yourself in business is, is pay for speed. A lot of times we're very, we have deductive thinking. Yeah. We think that, oh, if I can save this penny and this penny and this penny, I save a total of X. But you're being penny wise, pound foolish. Mm -hmm. You know, again, I, I, I said this earlier, I paid this guy $3,000 for coaching because I know he's going to shorten my learning curve probably by five years. Yeah. That's a risk I'm taking. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, he's a very large nut every month on top of my already bills. Um, but I would take it down to zero to get where I'm going. And as young business owners, you got to be willing to take risk. And we're going to get into risk about you. Yeah. Um, you have to take it down to zero. Yeah. So you did that. You said, dude, I got to rebuild my business. I got to get open for summer. Yeah. It was either it was the money I had go back to L.A. and and say, Shaq's it. That was it. Or go back home and everything I had back back to the shack. And I decided Shaq. I decided my community, my family was more important than. Are you happy about that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I will never regret You're that. You miss LA, don't lie. You're a little bit. I miss a little. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit. But uh, um, yeah, I thought it was the move, and at that moment, I realized, you know, anything crazy can happen. Yeah. Having just a business isn't enough. Yeah. That's when I went to multiple to, streams of income. I went to Larry. Uh, yeah, you were, uh, you went and worked at at Hess. Yeah, I went from realizing that you know this wasn't. This isn't enough. If something again happens, how in the future am I going to take care of my family, my, my child, my, my, my wife? How yeah. am I going to make it work? Be a provider as a yeah. male. So I decided um, I went to, to Mr. Hess. Which is okay to do as a male. It is okay to be a provider just in case someone else told you different. <laughs> I, uh, I went to, to Mr. Hess and uh, Tony Cogliano, who was the vice president, and I, um, I asked for a position in the company. Uh, Larry was grateful enough to, to give me one. And... Uh, I, I've learned so much from, yeah, from that Yeah, speak about your relationship with Larry a little bit. Obviously, you know, a restaurant right here in the community, their whole entire family, you know, are, are big on the community, yeah. him and, and his mom and his wife, and they've given a lot back. But you had a personal relationship with him. Talk a little bit about what he has taught you. Yeah, I can. Um, uh, honestly, there's probably not enough words to describe uh, Larry. He's, uh, he's taught me so much. He became such a mentor to me. Um, another father figure, and and he does he does everything for everybody. He was like uh, he was the go to. He cares more about people and their community than any than anybody. He um, he's uh, he passed away recently, and it's been a it's been tough for 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 me, for the family, for everybody. Um, he's a uh, he's big a personality to big replace. personality. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I know I walk into Charlie's and I look over to that table and I think it's going to be him and his wife sitting yeah. there. And they were always kind to say hello to myself and Kelly. And um, Charlie and, and Chuck are doing a great job stepping in that role. Yep. Um, but he, he definitely, I mean, he started creating this little downtown Christmas thing, you know, that almost reminded me of like these small towns in America that 
had Christmas like, and yeah, lights yeah, yeah. And, and Charlie's did amazing decorations. If you have not been to Charlie's of Bayhead during Christmas, they got the upside down Christmas trees upstairs, decorations everywhere. They yeah. do an amazing job. They just job. opened another Charlie's of Lincroft. Uh, but Larry was, uh, Larry cared about the community and he was just a family guy. He, yeah. that's what I love so much about him. He cared about his family more than, than anything. And yeah. he would do anything for his family. And, uh, Christine. So you start working for Hess? So I work for Hess. I've been there for, for seven years. Um, so it's, it's obviously tough uh, juggling a, a business plus having a full-time job. Um, but I've never been shy of hard work. shows how hungry you are. Yeah, I've never I've never been shy of hard work. I've always wanted to to be successful. I've always wanted to to push myself. Uh, I never talked about this on here before, but early on in my career, you know, it's it's hard, man. You're you're getting people to entrust in you with their money, um, with their life savings, and and I I take it very 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 serious what I yeah. do for a living. Um, but you're young. I understand. You know, they're looking at you you're like you got this broken down car. You're, you're, you know, you got some cheap suits from, you know, wherever the hell I bought them at yeah, the time. Fake team, make it. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard to do. So on the weekends, I would work for an electrician. You know, that's what it was going to take, so yep. I can pay my basic bills, to then make sure that I had enough money to go market myself and and grow a business. And a lot of people are afraid of that type of work nowadays. You're doing it, dude. I, I know for a fact you're always thinking. You're always grinding. And not only were you working for Hess, and not to gloss over it, but I want to move this along. Sure. You are trying to invent things. You invented this block sh- sh- for, for straw your dock. straw. Yeah, the straw, straw dock. dock. Me and uh, Talk about that a little flashback bit. to uh, my old uh, mentor, wrestling coach, Dan O'Conn. Um, he's my partner on that project. And it was a uh, an eco-friendly knife block, basically, is the best way to describe it. It was, uh, you know, at the time... Uh, straws were being banned everywhere. Um, they're still banned everywhere. They're, uh, they're still banned everywhere. Yeah, the uh, the economy was very against you know plastic and and just anything. They just wanted like they want more diesel trucks delivering the paper straws. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more efficient. <laughs> more efficient for yeah. sure. But anyway, we came up with a product that uh, that it's held. like the electric cars with the, with the the power thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We uh, we invented a product that that holds your your eco friendly you know metal straws. Metal straws became very popular because they were getting rid of the plastic, so everyone was buying these cool aluminum and aluminum and, and plastic and not plastic, sorry, and metal straws. And we basically built like a knife block for those. That's super cool. And you guys. Pitched it to Shark Tank, right? Yeah, we made it. Uh, I, we uh, we built the video. We went went to yeah. Talk about the process, how, how it works. Oh, okay, so the process was tough because you had to find a, a manufacturer. You had to find someone to build. You know, you you come up with this design, but like, where do you go from there? Yeah, you got to find someone to build it. You got to find what woodworks. You know, you have to get your patents. Where did you find that? Were you, you know, for the young guy that has a product design sure. in mind? You know, my buddy Don Salafi. Shout out to Don Salafi. He helped with the sign. He's one of my good friends. Don forever, back in the day, no longer he's not allowed to, but we'd smoke some weed and he'd be like, I want to invent this like back scratch yeah. that does this and that. I want to do this and that. I'm like, you never act on it. Yeah. So for the person who is out there and saying, I got this idea in mind, walk us through a little bit of that. Give a nugget to them sure. of how you did that and what that process looked like. Yeah, I mean, honestly, it all starts with an idea. So it's like, do you do you really want to pursue it? And uh, I am more of the person that would I'd rather take the risk. I would rather say, I'm going to give this a try and it'll fail, but I'll learn from that experience. So, um, me and my partner Dan, we said, 
let's let it ride. Let's, let's, let's figure it out. So we did a lot of research. I found a wood manufacturer in Minnesota. I sent them our design. Um, he said, all right, I think I could do it. It was, a, it was definitely a grueling process trying to go back and forth. And who sending. was he that you were sending the design to? He was just a manufacturing uh, plant? Yeah, just a, ma- just a wood manufacturer. He built anything with wood. And it was just through Google research, just narrowing down, you know, who... And who, do you know what type of machines he built the thing on? Uh, I, don't, I, I don't exactly know. You were just like, a, hey, build this for me. Basically, yeah. yeah. I sent him the plans. We what had something a, like that cost you? I have no idea. So I'll tell you what, patents are expensive. Yeah. We went, through, we went through a patent designer. You know, we said, do we have a shot at this? Um, we wanted a utility patent. We wanted a design patent. Um, so that process was difficult because you had to go back and forth a few times. So it's like an initial, I think, $10,000 for your initial. And then he's like, all right, well, if you get denied, it's another $2,500 to, to rebuttal the patent people. So we went back twice, I think. And then we finally got a utility patent. But uh, And just a and, and little quick tip shoot. for everybody who's a young, inspiring business owner or somebody who wants to do something like that. For example, Fireside is in, you know, we're spending two grand to make sure that we trademark the name. Yeah. So someone else can't take it. Before you go to that next step, before you get too excited, slow down and and try to make sure that what you have is something that can be legit. If you invent something that you think is awesome, but for whatever reason... Yeah, another good point. There's not a patent that you can, you know, get on it. It's a fucking complete waste of time. It's a risk. It's a risk. And we kind of took that risk because we put it out in the market before the patent came in because we wanted to get the product out there. So if you do that, your risk is saying, like, you're... Well, someone else can get to to the patent guys faster than you. You're a big... You're a bigger money. You're a big company, right? Yeah. So you could be like, these guys nailed it. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll yeah. pay another $25,000. Idiots get, don't have a patent on it. I'll get another $25,000 to get my patent expedited. And you're the little guy, you know? Yep. So you have to you have to play your cards right. You got to be smart. But uh, you also, you know, take risks in it. So yeah, we, we absolutely. did. I had a good friend, John Butler, who uh, does all my, my woodwork. He's extremely talented. He built out my, uh, I had a raw poke bar, which is a, a sushi restaurant type deal. Um, We're he not built, going there yet. Sure, but he <laughs> built he built out my whole inside. Yeah. So uh, I went to him for the design. So he built out all the plans and everything. So we took that to the patent guy, and uh, then I took those all of that to the manufacturer. Um, that's so that's cool. It's a grueling process. It's it's I've so I've learned and so much. And just quickly and, and quickly and, and in one minute, shoot, walk us through how you you got onto Shark Tank and then how that process works. So I was like, Shark Tank is booming right now. This was pre pre COVID. So probably like three or four years ago. And Shark Tank was like probably the number one show on on America. And I was like, this is a perfect Lori Greer. Let's go. Like put us in QVC. This is it. Um, So I, uh, you know, researched how to get on Shark Tank. You basically apply and you fill out these 20 page, you know, what are your sales? What, how did you start your business? This whole thing. And uh, I sent it, we had two interviews and then we had a final interview, and that was like, all right, you made it to the final stage. It is uh, the video stage. Video is basically the video that you see when you're watching them on the show, where yeah. it's like... Send in you, what you want to talk about. Yeah, yeah, how did you get started? Who helped you? Blah, blah, blah. Um, we sent that in. With COVID hitting at that moment, it was a, a massive, like, we'll get back to you. We're all out of the office. So we had to wait probably like four or five months for them to tell us that... This season was a, uh, we're going a different direction for the concepts or whatever, the theme. And again, the, the, the dude 
you know, they call him the muscle who was on Discovery Channel. He talks about it pretty openly, so I'm not saying anything. Anybody shouldn't know that he's like, reality TV is so fake. Yeah, it's I'm so sure. so scripted. Yeah. And, and, dude, you probably had an awesome concept. It sounds awesome. Yeah. Timing's everything. For sure, for you sure. You know, at the time, that disaster, right? One disaster shifted you back to where you need to be. Another disaster... Set me back. Yeah, set you back. And that's just how things go. But you... Do you still own a patent on it? Yeah, we still have it. Yep. Are you trying to like sell it at all, or? Uh, we we uh, I've had a few friends that kind of wanted to take it by the helm. We're just. Do you have a bunch of them stocked away somewhere? I do. Yeah, we have inventory. Yeah, yeah let me get one. Um, I'll buy one. Yeah, I'll, I'll gladly put one for yeah. you guys. Yeah, I got you for sure. We still on Amazon. We're still selling on Amazon. If you guys want one, um, yeah. our website's still up and live. Um, it just. And it's called hit. the the Straw, Straw Doc. Straw Doc. Straw, yeah. Straw right Doc. Straw Doc. Straw Doc. Uh, Straw Doc. Yeah, super simple. Yeah, awesome. So, moving forward, you obviously talked about it earlier your relationship and um, love for the community. You said, you know, I'm doing well with one restaurant. Yeah. Um, but it's it's seasonal to a degree. I want to make sure that you know I can have something else that's another lever or another stream of income. And why not doing it in a town that I know a ton of people and I love? Yeah. So you go and, and launch this Pokey Bowl. Raw Just so po- you know, I, raw- I, st- I still never have ever, ever, ever had a Pokey Bowl. I'm not a sushi like, guy. Right. I'm just saying, if yeah, you like sushi, like sushi, then it, it, the best way to describe it, the business was called Raw Pokey Bar. It's sushi in a bowl. That's literally the best. Anything, any of your favorite, ro- favorite, favorite rolls, throw into a bowl. And that was that was the concept. It was super popular. People love sushi, dude. I mean, I, it was, uh, it, it was when I was out in California. It was extremely successful. It was the crave. Like everyone wanted to go to these poke bowls, and it originated from Hawaii, and then moved to California, and then it slowly moved across the country to New York. At the time when I was starting, was just getting a, a few stores. What year was this? Uh, four years ago. So 2018, maybe. Um, so you built out that whole store right on Bay Ave, right yeah, on which, this road, right on right on Bay Ave. It was uh, it was another experience for me because I built out the store from from demo. Our team came in and we knocked everything down, knocked walls down, knocked buildings down, and uh, we ended up building this beautiful this beautiful restaurant. And it was uh, it was another one of those moments where it's like if you really put your mind to it. And that was nights of me doodling. You know, mm-hmm. in the, the, the graph paper, making sure each equipment fit perfectly to the to the inches. You're building templates. Yeah. It was, um, and then, you know, just bringing a, a, a design in your head to, to paper. Yeah, and that's And that's cool where my friend see. John helped uh, a lot. Because it was a lot of wood theme, a lot of reclaimed wood action going on. Yeah. So we had a whole big wall that was reclaimed wood and it had raw. And then he built out all my tape. Everything was custom. The whole place was beautiful. Yeah. Um, so a few years in, COVID hits, right? COVID crushed us. Yeah. COVID crushed us. I did my you best. You didn't have the ability to do a lot of takeout at the time? I did. Because takeout won during those times. It did, and we and we tried some cool concept, but it was just... Can I bother somebody for another high noon? Anything but black cherry. It was just... Please. Uh, it was just like a trying time. It just didn't work for... It didn't work for the, the sushi concept, I guess. I, I, I don't know what it was. Um, it was hard to get help. Um, everyone was making more money Sitting not, home. not working. Yeah. Um, I also had a full-time job, so I couldn't, you know, put my late, my, my hours in there. Um, do you regret that at all? Do you, do you think like, 
you know, if I went all in, because I'm a big proponent on going all in. Sure. And, and not to preach to you yeah, on yeah. camera, but dude, like, you got to go all in. If you're a business owner, go all in. Believe in yourself. And that's a little nugget. Thank you. For, for anybody. I hate White Claw. I'm sorry. Take the empty. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's a White, White Claw. Claw. There's some in the blue cooler. I'm sorry. Okay. I'm being a pain in the ass. Um, to go, you got to go all in, dude. Go like, all do, in, you yeah. think if, do you think if you poured your time into that, and again, you know, again, another tragic black swan event. Yeah. No one saw this pandemic happening. It hit the country. You were shut down as a restaurant owner. You could only do takeout. Like, do you think if you fully dove into it, you could have saved it or you could have had a trend more in the right direction and not get you yeah, frustrated? Yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's, I'm asking you a tough question. Yeah, it's a tough question for sure. Um, but I, I'll gladly answer it. It's tough leaving stability to, to take the full risk. And at the time, Shaq was still successful. So it, it, I, I don't want to say I neglected Raw. But it, it fell to the waistline, and and that's that's a regret for me. Thank you. So because much. I like being fully involved in everything I'm part of, and I like being present and having the right people in place. And I think it was just a bad it was just a bad mix. It was just a bad timing. Yeah. Um, I think timing the conce- of a lot of things. Yeah, I think the concept was there. I think in a different time it would have been. It and they opened been. back up eventually, and, and you were you were crushing it. You yeah, we were very came successful. Came out the gates very yeah. successful. Yeah, we were we COVID were super hit, busy. and then you were still end up able to sell it for a couple bucks. Yes, yeah, we ended up selling the business um, last two uh, two years ago now, um, which was uh, lucky on, on honestly the way the small businesses were working out at that time. No one was everyone was just going out of business. Yeah. I got lucky and got a sale out of my. So uh, me and my partner, you know, made some money on the deal, but um, it's it still has a little piece in my mind for sure to see what what was, and uh, I think it really goes back to also having like the right people in place. Yeah, like people. Shaq, I have my mom, you know, like people I have is Carlene. everything. Paul talked about a lot, people. Yeah, having the right staff, and and I truly, and this goes back to Larry. Um, Larry always said, "You treat your employees like their family." And, and they'll treat you the, the, the right way back. And they'll do all the extra for you if you can't do it. And I see that with, with the Hess companies, that there's a lot of people that go over, you know, what they should be doing because of how much they love Larry and how Larry treated them and the family and Christine and everybody. So I try to instill that in my, in my business plan where I treat my family as if your last name is Riga. You're yeah. part of our crew. Yeah. I'll do anything for you guys. I'll help you you know, we'll make it work. And I think that's what it takes. And I think that's what kind of, and it's hard to do that too. It's hard. It's hard to it's find hard to the live help up to that. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's hard to, but I would rather, I would rather do that as a business owner and have a little less success than, than treating my employees like shit and, yeah. and having more success. I do. Yeah, a lot of business owners are miserable. Like if you're going to be a business owner, man, you got to have a positive outlook. Yeah. You got to be a leader for your team. You got to be a leader for your family. And uh, you got to stay focused on that end goal and not let the shit in between. I just wrote a newsletter. Shout out to my newsletter if you're not on there. Let's go. Sign uh, up. The Pit. You can find that right in the, in the link tree. Dude, I wrote this the other day. It was, um, the show goes on. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I mean, you shout out to my father-in-law, Jim Mindel. Um, he probably doesn't like to share this, but Jim went through, you know, cancer. And, uh, you know, he didn't have a great diagnosis. You know, they, yeah. were, they were, you know, pretty negative. 
And the dude got up and went to work. The dude got up and went to work. He never told his work at the time that he even had it going on. And uh, I asked him one day, I'm like, dude, how do you do? And he goes, I saw bills that roll up every single month. It doesn't matter if I have cancer or what's going on. The mortgage still needs to be paid. Yeah. And that's business, man. Shit happens. Whatever it is, it's a black swan event, a pandemic, a, a storm like Sandy, you know, a, a child that's sick, God forbid, whatever it may be. Yeah. If you want to stay in business long term, you have to have the ability to, to ride out the storm. Yeah. I learned uh, uh, going back to like my, my, my father and my family. My dad was one of the hardest workers, still is, than I've. I learned a lot from him and it's it's funny now being older seeing you know when I was younger him working you know what does your dad do uh he's a little bit of everything he's like I think I've, I got like my entrepreneurship from him you know he does real estate um he sells cars on the he used to own a car dealership an old a used car dealership now he sells used cars on the side um he's just a hard worker and he used to work night security he used to be head of security at Jenkinson so he would be in the morning do the, the ice cream thing, you know, go sell a few houses, go sell the cars all over again for 30 years and still be able to go to all my wrestling matches, go to my brother's sports, you know, be there for me. Well, just so you know, he was able to do that because he was a business owner. Yes, 100%. Yeah. You know, he, everything you described in my eyes creates flexibility. Yeah. When you're not there, you feel like you're not making money per se. Yeah. But, you know, you're on the sideline watching your kid wrestle. Yeah. You know, there's nothing more important than that. And that's a big thing that people don't talk about as business owners is flexibility. You know, business ownership creates so much flexibility for you to just go live your life, whatever it is. Even if yeah. you don't have a family, dude. If you're crazy into mountain biking or traveling or yeah, whatever teen, your passions you go, are. whatever your passion is, um, being a business owner allows you to do that. And, and I can't say enough. I say it all the time. I probably sound repetitive and like an idiot, but... Man, I encourage everybody, if you have any bit of an entrepreneurial spirit, you know, you know, take your shot, take a risk. If you're miserable where you are, who cares? You know, you're a teacher and you hate your job, guess what? They're hiring more teachers five years from now. They're, yep. they're begging teachers. My wife's building had 16 teachers I'm, leave. I'm sure, especially nowadays, yeah. Take, take your shot. Yeah, it leads up to, like, my father. You know, my father was an old-school Italian, so, you know, mom, when, I was, when I, she was pregnant, mom was home. Yeah. You know, you know not going to work you're you're raising you yeah, know your dad was a provider with dad was a provider still yeah. is and uh i just brought I, my wife home it feels awesome you know everybody wants to buy a g-wagon or you know five rolexes like my flexes i brought my wife home yeah like that's awesome yeah, that's the real flex and yeah and now that i'm older to really see like my dad put in that work and put in that time to make sure that when i called mom at school she can go bring me my yeah. My shorts that I, my PBJ. wrestling shoes that I forgot. Your fucking Nikes. My Nike shoes I can wear. Um, but you know, when you get older, you really appreciate the sacrifices that your family has done for you, and uh, I really do appreciate it now. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna be a good dad. When is the kids coming? Oof. When's the wedding? Oof. Uh, I put off. Uh, you know, it's been fifteen to twenty years to put the engagement. You I guys been together that long? On and off. We've been on and off for since high school. A lot of oh, on, a lot of off. Yeah. Um, I just got engaged in um, in March. No, April. Congrats, dude. Yeah, thank you, thank you. So uh, soon, it's time. I need a little, I need a little. I don't think right enough right men. A lot of men like want to be like macho and like. I am. I am that macho. No, guy. but I'm saying, but a lot of men want to be like macho and like you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm the man of the house. Like, marriage is cool when you find the right one. Yeah, and for you sure. got real love. It's, yeah. it's it's good shit and. 
I'm sure you guys will have an awesome time. All that shit when you were young, that stuff's immature. Yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's been my, my ride or die. She's been my biggest supporter. If I go to her and say, I'm going to go build, you know, the Empire State Building, I don't like it. I'm going to go build one next to it. She'd be like, all right, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's you do can it. do it. Yeah. You know, even, you know, I'm trying to start a few other side projects and I'm hesitant a little bit and she's, no, let's go. Yeah, you, know, you, you were saying your, tonight, it, you were asking blood. her, like, what do I say on the podcast? Yeah, you know? yeah, And yeah. a lot of people, and, and to, to, to your full yeah. defense, like, a lot of people roll, like, down this long driveway into the backyard. Like, they don't know what's really going to ha- hit yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. They see the clips, or maybe they've listened to a couple, but you came back here. We, we had a couple drinks at the bar. We chilled out. We make the experience If you fun. get on here, it's very chill. You're good. You're it's, good. It's, you just got to wing it. It's totally chill because I enjoy this. This yeah. is my setting. This is why Kelly and I, you know, made this backyard. So shout out to all the fiancés and wives and girlfriends out there that support your man. Yeah, it's and put it up with us. Yeah. Chelsea's put up with a lot of me, for sure. So thank you, babe. Kelly Kelly puts up with me yeah. every day. That's funny. <laughs> She's putting two kids to bed. So risk taker, yeah. entrepreneur, like what's next? Like what, what are you looking to do? Um, it's not enough. Honestly, I just want to push myself. I just want to, I want to find the right niche. And, uh, I've talked to you about this. I just can't previous, um, it was always like the get rich, you know, everyone wants to get rich quick. It's like, yeah. they don't I sit want the down. next pliables. Yeah, well, I want, you know. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Rob figured it out and Mike subs built it, you know, you got to sit back. You got to find what you're good at. You got to you got to really take discover it you. So, discover you. So I, I feel like I have been finding that path. Um, I have a few ideas in mind. I just want to I want to do it right this time. I want to take it slow. I want to uh, make sure it's the right path for me. And, and on to the next. It'll Isn't always- it so funny that, like, you, you hit a certain age and life starts to come to you. Yeah. Versus, like, you chasing it down. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing in business. I, I've been blessed now in my financial planning practice. Like, I have referrals almost every single week. You know, this show has provided a, a ton of additional eyes uh, indirectly to my business, although I don't talk a lick about financial planning. Yeah, no. um, and I think that's uh, something you learn over time, patience. So for the young business owner out there that's, again, like I've said it a million times, willing to chew through concrete to find success, like, be patient a little bit. You know, like, give yourself a little pat on the back. You're doing a good job. Don't be so overwhelmed. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. Mike, a guy who works for me, he joined the team this week. Let's go, Mike. Go, let's go, Mike. He's going to crush it. He's, he's a good dude. He's a very smart guy. He's a very likable guy, way more likable than me. But this guy showed me a picture of this mirror, and he was like, you know, President of the United States, uh-huh. like, run 400 miles. No bullshit. I think it was 400. Maybe it might have been 500 miles. Like, you know, bike 6,000 miles. Like, Pass this test. Do this. Do this. And I'm like, dude, you're putting way too much pressure on yourself, dog. And he had to accomplish those by the end of the week. Yeah, I was just saying, some people just have it and you have to set high standards because you know you can accomplish them. And I just think... It also applies a lot of pressure to young people. That's what I'm trying to get across. It's good to have great goals and visualize that. And don't ever come off that. But your end goal that's in the future, right? And I always talk about this. Fixate on your end goal. But that doesn't mean the path along the way doesn't zig and zag you know i was just up in windham to get up the mountain you got to hit that switch back and hit the other switch back and that's 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 ownership that's entrepreneurship do 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 but stay focused on where you want to go don't apply so much pressure early on if you would have told me this was my path when i was in college i would have been like not a not a chance not not even close and 
I, the best advice I could say is to like young entrepreneurs is is just take your time and and like you said just it, it'll come to you. you everyone tries to rush and, and push these like this 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 will work this will work but they're not like they're not doing the research they're not they're not putting in the time they're just trying to get rich quick at, this, at the same time which is kind of an oxymoron to what I just said take steps forward for sure just just articulate sure. the ball down for the sure. field try things don't overthink it try if it doesn't work move on don't overthink the loss <clears throat> those are all learning steps and I live that's cliche everybody yeah. talks about it you fail you're learning I live by that I, I, I will I said it earlier I will I would rather try and fail than not try at all it's yeah, just, I, I fully see that in you you're yeah and you will you will end up with some cool ass thing that you saw on fucking QVC or some other I appreciate shit that. just you know when you when you hit it for like you know, 10, 15 million. Just come talk to me about the tax strategy. I got you, dog. <laughs> you're, so, you're, you're, you're in my crew for life now. We're yeah, good. Yeah. Team. You yeah, got to build team. a good team. And that's, you got to find the right people in your circle. Tobias talked about that a lot. You yeah. Know, who's the right people in your circle? Who had your back? Who's a good guy or gal? Um, God, God uh, Larry was, you know, Larry, you know, um, this guy, Tony, he's been a lot of, a lot of help. His brother, John, um, my family. Yeah. You know, mom, my close dad, friends, my mom, my dad, brother. my my brother is my ear, mm-hmm. you know. He, he, I gotta call him and bother him all day. He's gotta listen to me vent, and then, you know, his girlfriend gets the the tail end of it, and then you know, my we should fiance. make an Instagram the ear, the ear. That'd be a sweet Instagram. Yeah, I like right? that. The ear, and we just create like a ton of parodies of like people who are someone else's ear. They yeah. just sit there and listen. Listen, to <laughs> yeah. Somebody, listen. I when I call when I call Chelsea, and I just write that vent. down. The ear. Yeah. Right. <laughs> what. You just sometimes you just gotta vent. You just gotta like. You just gotta. And that person not have to say a, a, a word, not even a word. Yeah, you're just looking they to just, flip out on somebody. Yep, it's just they just gotta listen to you yeah. vent, and that that helps. That gets your mind clear, and you know Chelsea's been that for me. You know my close friends, Larry. Uh, you have good people around you. You know why? Because people believe in you. I, I hope, believe in you, I dude. I, I think you're gonna do big shit. I appreciate that. So to, to 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 round this out, I like to ask two questions. Shoot. Um, First question is, give us some other two, three, or four quickly business owners in the Point Brielle, Wall, Brick area that you want to give a shout out to. You either love their restaurant or you love their service they provide to you or you love their product, whatever it may be. Let's give a couple people a shout. I'm going to have to go with uh, Charlie's, not just because I, I, I work for the family, but they're they're top notch. They, yeah. they, if I ever went another restaurant, I would like to model it around them. They customer service the the way they treat everybody their food is 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 amazing their their uh their the, staff everybody. one thing i want to point out most people may not know this about me Shoot. but i'm i'm a super attention to detail guy okay um when i walk into a restaurant like i'm judging you based on like is this real wood is it really stained like how is the bar set up and again i'm no restaurant expert but it's just my experience of being in restaurants and bars like what do i like yeah and they hit it down here with Charlie's Bayhead. Yeah. And we don't have to describe that. A lot of people have been there already. But the new spot, Charlie's Lincroft, I like it. that just as much. Nailed and it's it. just as nice. And it's just as high end. But it's got that Montana, Wyoming feel. Yeah. It's got like that mountain feel. And that's totally me. Um, and the food is also delicious. It's like that high end tavern. Yeah. So shout out to Charlie's. Shout out to Charlie's Lincroft and Charlie's Bayhead. Uh, you know, you can't you can't be in Point Beach and not respect Mike Subs for what they've done. You know, another local Peter killing it. Another local um, guy that grew a little corner store into twenty five hundred. The, the the biggest 
fastest growing franchise. Sub, yeah. It's insane. I think he's overtaken Subway now. Pro- I would hope so. Yeah. Um, what they did is amazing. I have a lot of friends that work for them, and they love. That's another guy that's taking care that's of their That's the coolest employees. shit about some shit like that, and yeah. that's what people don't realize. Like, you go and kill it. Like, Take care of your community. Fire- <clears throat> I'm I'm gonna say this out on the whim, and like maybe people take it wrong. Like Fireside's going to the fucking moon. Let's dude. go, fucking and we're to gonna moon, help baby. so many people. That's in my circle. It's in my tribe, you included. Appreciate that. Jersey Mike's did that. Peter got out and led, and I don't know him obviously. Yeah. But he obviously got out and led, and he gave so much success for people who have beautiful homes here in the community. Yeah. That worked for him. You know, they all did it together as a team. I'll tell you one thing, Peter and uh, Mike Manzo, who's like one of his right-hand guys, another local Point Beach, if you went to them and asked, they, they're they there for you. Yeah, they give. They they give. They Mike Manzo and, and Peter Cancro are one of the most, second to Big Larry. Yeah. Um, they would they would do anything to help the community, even not even Point Beach, Manasquan, you know, anyone yeah, local, yeah. they, they want to help, they want to give back, they want to they give you everything that they can. And you know, it's a great model. That's, that's what I want. They give back and then they make money. Yeah, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that too. That's if what I grow. If to, you're giving and, and you're making, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, that's what I would. The, I I love giving back and and if I could to be successful enough to help. And give us just, one more. Give us one more small guy. Well, um, let's do my guy Joe at DV Tree. I really love yeah. what he did over there. They're great. I, I've known Joe forever when he used to be my bartender at uh at the Broadway. And for him to turn around that that spot, it, it's awesome for the community. It's it's busy every time I it's drive so by. It's so community. It's awesome, and uh, and I, I appreciate Joe. For I was my that. last my last episode is actually rocking his new yeah. multi camo. He probably didn't even know that, but Joe, I respect you, dude. You're crushing it over there. That's great. Yeah, he's a good dude, and and Malin also does an amazing job. She's in charge of the bakery. She's now even a better mom. Uh, oh, I awesome. just love yeah, I love to see small business owners yeah, winning. Yeah, for sure. The last question, and we can wrap it up quick. Is you know if there was one thing. One statement or one meme you could put on social media for the young business owner to inspire them or to get them through a frustrating time, what would that thing be that you tell them? Um, in a few words. Yeah. Uh, you got to believe in yourself. At the, at the end of the day, it's all, it's all smoke and mirrors, and, and you got you to gotta sit and look at yourself in the mirror and say, can you do this? And you can. You got you to gotta believe in yourself and... Once you believe in yourself, everyone will follow. They'll all they'll all get behind you, and that that's the best I say. Yeah, and, and listen, even during that and after you make that commitment, yeah, sometimes there's a little bit of insecurities, right? Sometimes there's a little things that slip in your mind, like, oh, I can't do it. You know, I still to this day experience that. Like, shit, I'm gonna go hire this guy three grand a month. I'm gonna go to his event for five grand. Yeah, you know, that's that's big money to just throw around for extra marketing on top of my already bills. But I believe in where I'm going. I believe in Fireside. I believe in my tribe around me that has my back. And yeah. Dude, this has been fun. I hope you had fun. I had a great time. And, and I love having on the local people, man. The local regular dude is is more hype for me than, than the biggest guy that, that rolls through. I appreciate through. that. And hopefully I'll be the biggest guy one day. I, I believe you can be if you and just stay you. to it and get focused. Yeah, I mean, nothing in life is easy. we gotta, we got to work for it, and let's go. Absolutely. Let's more go people time. need to learn to work. Cheers. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you so much. Great time.